Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, welcome to Liquid, everyone. Hey, we need to welcome the rest of our extended church family joining us in Nutley, New Brunswick, and Mountainside. Say hi to our brothers and sisters. If you're watching online, you're listening on the radio, man, we're glad you're joining us for Modern Families. And today I want to talk about the power of orange on your way in today. You should have received a few orange gumballs. You have those with you? If you didn't get those, raise your hand. Our ushers will give you a little bag. we got a few people. Raise your hands. Keep them up. If you already ate them, we're not giving you a second one, all right, man? It's called impulse control, people, all right? got a sermon for you on delayed gratification. I'll tell you why we have orange gumballs today, why they're orange. Um, typically, our family goes out to dinner like every couple weeks, really more out of necessity. It's when, uh, you know, things go late. Our kids will come home from practice. Someone's picking them up from school or whatever it is. And we're stretched. So we go to the diner in our town, which is called the Nautilus Diner, all right? You may have had one in your town. Well, the college-age kids in our town nicknamed it the Nauseous Diner, all right? Good cheeseburgers, but, you know, it's quick, quick kind of food, all that. And uh, it's interesting because the owners of the Nautilus Diner have done something so thoughtful. After we finish eating, we go bring our check up to the cash register. Right next to the cash register, they have put a gumball machine where for 25 cents you can get any size of, you know, go, you know, oversized gumball there. And, of course, what happens is no matter what the bill is, I know it add an extra dollar to it because what's going to happen is my son's going to go, Daddy, Daddy, give me, give me a quarter, give me a quarter, Daddy, and he's going to put it in there, and he's going to turn it around, and he's going to get out blue, you know, which my son loves blue. My wife hates it because what happens, guys, when you eat the blue gumball? You get the blue tongue and teeth and lips and all of that. And then they'll like, say, give me another quarter. And they'll put another quarter. And, get it. and then he gets out, oh, the white one. Wah, wah, wah. Hashtag worst flavor ever. What flavor is white? Anyway, I don't even know what that is. For me personally, my favorite flavor is red or cherry. And so I got my own personal stash of gumballs. Because I'm like, I'm not wasting a quarter. I am going to always get the, the cherry one. So these are mine. You can't really have these. Uh, my wife, Colleen, she loves yellow because she likes the flavor of banana. She's like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, dessert and everything. But my little boy, his favorite one now is the orange gumball. So would you do this? All our campuses, you can take that orange gumball out of the bag. Go ahead and take it. And I, you can chew in church today. All right? You can chew in church. In fact, you can do this right now. One, two, three, pop it in your mouth. Three, one, two, three. Whoa. So good. Three, two, and one. Flavor gone. I'm just going to stick that out on my podium right here. Please don't stick it on your chair. But that's about how long it takes me to suck the light out of an orange gumball. Well, I, I should have thought that through a little bit. But it's interesting to me because I love orange, and so does our church. In fact, at Liquid Church, the color orange represents our approach to family ministry. In fact, you've probably seen leaders around Liquid who wear t-shirts like this that say family, and notice they're orange t-shirts. There's a reason for that. You see orange in the t-shirts, you see orange in our bulletins and kids' environments and the the stuff the kids bring home, and there's a specific reason. I want you to imagine that each of these gumballs I have up here, let's take the red ones for now, that each gumball represents an hour in the life of a child every year. 
parents, let me speak to you right now. I'm going to speak to parents. I'm going to speak to single people in a little bit. But right now, parents, I want you to imagine how many gumballs, how many hours do you think you have a year to influence your child at home? Red stands for home, the heart of the home, like the, the heart of, you know, you love your kids. How many hours do you think you get to show at home the love of Christ your child? Anyone want to guess annual year? You get about 3,000 hours total every year in the home to influence your child for Christ. Now, that's 3,000 hours. Basically, that's subtract sleeping, subtract, you know, school. Um, every parent has about 3,000 hours to influence their child at home. But then you got to subtract from it. you got to take 500 hours because that's what the average fourth grader spends playing video games and watching television every year. So 3,000 hours. Here are my 3,000 gumballs. Goodbye, 500. That's the sound of brain cells dying as it's hooked up to Xbox and Minecraft, okay? Now, you still see, though, you have a good chunk of time to influence your kids. Now, if red represents the heart of the home... The yellow gumball represents the light of the church. Think of it this way. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, we open God's word every Sunday, and it illuminates the path to heaven, to our Father God, is through Jesus Christ. Compared to the 3,000 hours parents get at home to influence their child for Christ, guess how many we get at church every year? Any idea? 40. 40 hours for the average kid or teen who grows up in church to lead and train a kid to follow Christ so that actually when they're over 18 and they go to college and start families of their own, they will start their own family traditions where, oh, the light of Christ is in their family. And this is critical, guys, because that's our agenda for your kids. I want, I want to let you know something about what we believe about your kids. We believe about your child that, listen to me, Nothing is more important in your child's life than their relationship with God. You believe that? What I mean by that is we don't think their success in school is the most important thing. We're just not, honestly not after that. They got to get straight A's. We don't believe their achievement in sports or in athletics or in band, they get all state, the first chair. We don't believe that's more important than their relationship with God. We don't believe if they get into a good college is the most important thing or get the right job or even if they marry the right person that it's more important their relationship with God be formed and be vital to them. And you know why we say that's the number one priority? Because I know something about your kid in 100 years from now. I can't predict what college they'll go to, who they'll marry, what kind of job they'll do, but I can make this prediction 100 years from now. None of it will matter if they're not right with God. That is the driving conviction that guides all that we do. Nothing is as important in a child's life than their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, for 40 hours... Every year, we obsess about your child's spiritual growth. We actually spend thousands of hours praying, planning, thinking through, creating environments that where your kids can experience the love of their Heavenly Father in a compelling way that connects with their heart and their mind. Now, the Bible gives us kind of an amazing vision for raising Godward kids. It's in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Moses was not going to make it to the promised land, so he said, gather around nation of Israel. And he had this to say to the families. He said, here's... All of life comes down to one thing. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength and your mind. And then he talks to the families and he gives them this parenting instruction. Just look at this. He says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, now watch this. He says, let's read this out loud. All our camps is big, loud voice. Read what's underlined. Teach them to your children 
talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. In other words, he's like, I want you to surround them, whatever environment they're in, whether it's home or the church, at that time it was a temple, with the love of God. He paints this holistic picture for how you transfer spiritual faith from one generation to the next. And Moses is like, you know what? It starts here with the red gumball. Parents, you are the number one spiritual influence in your child's life just by the sheer quantity of time that you have with them. So in other words, it's a scary thing to think about, right? Because your kid's watching you and it's like, do you have a passion for God? Do you actually reflect the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ? Do your kids actually see you open the Bible or does that happen for an hour on Sunday? Do they actually see you, you know, praying and worshiping? Moses is like, I want you to teach God's word to your kids when you sit at home, in other words, around the dinner table, when you walk along the road, when you're commuting, for us it would be, and when you get into the minivan to take them to lacrosse practice or pick them up from, you know, band rehearsal or whatever, when you lie down, in other words, when you say your prayers at night and you, you have that kind of talk, when you kind of cuddle up in bed and you're talking about the things close to their heart, does it, does it come out your faith in Christ? Does it permeate all you do? And if you're honest, the answer is no. <laughs> This passage makes parents feel pretty guilty. Why? The answer is because although we have 3,000 hours every year to influence a child, we realize this time is fleeting. There's not just the video games. There's the time spent commuting from school. There's the time spent in practice. There's the time spent going on vacation and preparing meals, and all of a sudden it gets whittled down, and that's the reality for modern families. It is what it is. I'll just call this out. Our modern life does not revolve around the temple like it did in the Old Testament. Modern culture is fast-paced, and you need a spiritual anchor for your child. And that's what Moses is getting at. You need more than just the power of red to influence your child. You need yellow, too. Now, I want to take you back to when you had your first art class in school. Do you remember? Maybe it was kindergarten. My art teacher's name was Mr. Miller, and we thought Mr. Miller was a wizard. Because for the first time he took paint in mixed colors, we were like, that's amazing. Mr. Miller said, children, watch this. He said, I'm going to take yellow, and I'm going to take blue. Watch this. And he waved his magic wand, his paintbrush, and yellow and blue made what? It made green, right? And they said, watch this. I can do it again. Take red and take blue. He mixed them together. What did it make? Purple. And we're like, Mr. Miller is God. This is incredible. But you guys know this. Watch. If you mix red and yellow together... What do you get? Yes, you get a brand new color called orange, right? That's the combined power of red and yellow, and it represents the powerful partnership that happens when parents partner with the church in a strategic way to influence the next generation for Christ. When you combine the light of the church with the heart of the home, you get yellow, uh, orange. <laughs> I'm getting my colors mixed up. I apologize. You'll keep me straight. I learned in preschool. I've forgotten it since. That's what Moses is getting at. He's like, guys, it can't just be an hour on Sunday, okay, or 40 hours. If you want to impact a child for eternity, you need the combined power of a godly home that is strategically partnering with a church that has a vision for the next generation. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. Orange is really our philosophy of ministry when it comes to kids and students. Liquid is an orange church because we realize, you know what, for just a few years, we have this driving passion to partner with parents that we could lodge an anchor in the hearts of your sons and daughters for Jesus Christ from which they will never recover when they get older.
We want them to have a personal experience and revelation of the Heavenly Father's love for them, of what grace and truth mean in, in real life. We want them to actually open the Bible and become literate. Biblical illiteracy is epidemic in our, in our culture and generation. We want them to open the Bible like we do every Sunday and say, this actually this connects to my life. It's relevant in the 21st century. And then we want them to receive Christ as their Savior and follow him as their Lord. And we just have a few precious years to do it. Because our goal is not that they would grow up happy and healthy and great college and high-paying job. Our goal is that they will grow into healthy, mature adults who follow Jesus Christ and adopts God's values into their own families one day. And parents, can I just talk to you? That's what you want for your kids, isn't it? That's what I want for my kids, that my daughter Chase would grow up into a beautiful young woman of God who gets straight A's and goes to the best college possible and makes me fret. No. (laughs) That she grows up, actually, as a girl who becomes a woman who is rock confident of who she is in Jesus Christ. And that she has nothing to prove. And that the peer pressure of her friends in middle school won't compromise her character at its core. I want her to have a better role model than Miley Cyrus. Okay? I don't mean... Okay, amen. Thank you very much. Can we just talk about Miley Cyrus for a minute? Have you seen this girl? She goes around twirling. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spare you. I don't want you to stumble, all right? I just I respect you. My hope is that when my son starts looking at college in seven years from now, that his faith will be his own. And not just because his daddy's a pastor. Oh, my goodness. That's like a strike against you. You know what they say about pastor's kids, right? Kids like grow up in the church. Two words, Katy Perry, okay? Daughter of a preacher. There is an occupational hazard of raising kids in church because the danger is that it becomes all about this. And the moment they get their first taste of freedom in college, they run in the opposite direction. And that's why I'm truly grateful to so many of you who have welcomed my kids into your life. You've been like, they're not just pastors, Tim kids, you know, I just welcome, they're like my kids. You know, you serve alongside them. You take them into your heart and family like their own. And truly that means the world to Colleen and I, because we have come to realize that we can't do it alone. You can't parent alone. Can I repeat that, parents? Don't parent alone. We are beginning to realize this as our daughter is now turning 11 and 12, entering tweenerdom and eventually teendom. Because if you only raise your kids, watch, with the power of red, you'll only get the the, the influence of the home when they're older. But if you just take your kids to church for, you know, 40 hours, whatever, and they don't experience the, the love of Christ in the home, their faith will never stick. But when you combine these two forces together, these two environments, church and family, you get the impact of orange, and it's transformational. There's a reason we chose orange as the theme of our modern family series. See, it's what Moses is talking about. When I say the word family, who do you picture in your head? If you're an American or grew up in North America in the 50s and 60s, there was this idea that the family was four people. Mom, dad, brother, and sister. You've watched Beaver to Cleaver or, you know, Leave it to Beaver, that sort of thing. And that's kind of a 50s version of what a family is. This series, I've been trying to help expand our vision of what a family is because nowadays it's not just about, you know, biological family. Some of you have adopted kids or you're fostering kids or maybe you've taken a child into your home. You're helping your, your grandmother or grandfather. Your children have moved back into your home. We have divorced folks, folks who are remarried, trying to figure out blended families. We have to expand our understanding of what modern family really is. But watch. The model for a modern family is actually the model of the ancient families in the Old Testament. See, when Moses said, I'm going to talk to the families of Israel. Do you know how many people 
were in a family in the Old Testament? Not four. Try 70 or 80. See, in the Old Testament, that idea of a family with a little house in their driveway and lived in the suburbs, that wasn't it. These were nomadic people, and they traveled in clans, in tribes. And so Moses, when he said, hero Israel, he's talking to the families of Israel. He's talking not just to mom and dad and brother and sister, but to mom's four brothers, the uncles who are married. And he actually had to take the other brother's wife into the home. And now they have kids and there's grandparents. And it included the family, included any servants or household slaves who were part of it. And and Moses was basically saying, I want all 70 or 80 of you in this extended family to be pouring into the kids at every level, the next generation, surrounding them with a force field of Christ. And I think that template of an ancient family, which widens the circle, is the model we need for modern families. Let me tell you about the power of that in the life of Allie Lakin. Allie is a single parent in our congregation. She's raising three kids. There's Tyler, eight-year-old, Titus, handsome boys, Naya is four. And Tyler is an eight-year-old boy, like my son, a lot of energy, And what Allie loves as a single parent, kind of do this thing, is that when she brings Tyler to church on Sunday, he's not alone. She actually has another partner, a parent in Sam Robinson. Sam Sam is Tyler's small group leader at Liquid Kids. She is a superhero. Don't let the Batwoman costume fool you. That was just a Halloween thing. But Sam, in many ways, is one of our orange leaders at Liquid because she gets what it means to partner with other parents, to speak into the life of a child and echo what her mother is raising her. Tyler just had a birthday last month, and Sam put together this happy birthday video. She shot it on her iPhone. She was like in the car. She's like, oh, it's Tyler's birthday. It came up in her thing, and she sings, happy birthday to you. Tyler, I believe in you. Happy birthday from Liquid. I'm praying for you. You're going to be a great man of God. And Allie was like, it was incredible. My son made me play over and over and over again because it was this outside voice speaking into her, and here's the cool news. Tyler accepted Jesus Christ into his heart this past summer, okay, at Camp Rock. That's the combined influence of two families, the Lakins and the Robinsons. Together, they're more powerful than anyone on their own. The Robinsons are probably the best example I can give you of an orange family in our church. Sam and J.P. Robinson, and their kids, by the way, that's Jackson and that's Stevie Cutie. Uh, They serve every week at the first service at their campus, And then they attend the second service together. They kind of make it a family experience. And their kids love church. It's so cool because JP said that Jackson will tug on his sleeve and say, time for me to go to my small group, daddy. And he'll take him to his small group. And then they come up and experience the service together. And he will repeat back things that I preach or stuff like that, which is kind of scary. But the Robinsons are like, our family isn't just four people. Our family at church, it actually includes Tyler and it includes Bo, Bo Solano. This is an amazing kid. Yeah, give him a hand. That is right, man. I see one of his mentors right here. Let me tell you about Bo Solano. He is a seven-year-old boy uh, who has special needs. He actually has bilateral parasylvian syndrome. What that means is he's nonverbal, but he's very resourceful, and he participates in all of our Liquid Kids activities, and he has a buddy who helps him. And a few weeks ago, it's so cool because Bo said he wants to lead worship, right? Now, here's what's amazing about Bo. Bo and his mother, Liz, drive one and a half hours every Sunday to get to this church. They commute to Liquid from Bloomingburg, New York. Why would you drive 90 minutes? They drive an hour and a half every Sunday morning to get here because we're the only church they know that have trained mentors who work one-on-one with children who have special needs. 
they couldn't find a church closer to them that helped kids with those conditions. And this is the coolest thing, guys, because this is one of the things I see the Holy Spirit just blessing and breathing on in this church. Every Sunday now at all four campuses, we not only have liquid kids and students, but we serve children with special needs. New Jersey has the highest rate of autism in the country. And we don't wring our hands and say, well, why is that? We say, what an opportunity! And we are now ministering to children who are along the autistic spectrum, who have challenges from Asperger's to Down syndrome, ADD, ADHD, and we're like, you know what? Praise God that we get to serve them. Because sometimes, yeah, can we hear that for that? Absolutely. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. People who may not fit a particular mold, but you know, we say, you know what? They're closest to the Father's heart, and we're going to give them the royal treatment. And word has gotten out, I just need to tell you this, in the special needs community, and right now, we have a waiting list of kids with special needs who are waiting for buddies at every single campus. We have a waiting list at every campus of children, who, parents who said, I want my child to have a buddy, but we can't actually service them yet because we don't have enough volunteers who said, I, I want to pour into the, the special needs of a child. So my prayer actually today, I've actually been praying behind your back, is that God is going to cause some of you to stand up and at the end of the service come forward and say, man, I, for 2014, I would love to be involved in that. I see the vision for this and the, and the impact. A buddy is just an adult volunteer who shares the compassion of Christ and says, man, I could love on and support a kid with special needs. We will train you, and you will never experience something more fulfilling in your life. So at the end of today's service, your campus pastor is going to tell you how you can connect and volunteer with special needs if God speaks to your heart that way. But the cool part for me is that I'm like, Bo's mom just said, hey, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> and so she and Bo have an extended family at our church in the Robinsons. They actually do play dates together. They invite them out for lunch. They go out to lunch after church. And I think that's a picture of what the modern family should be in the church. In the New Testament, the Bible says, religion that God considers pure and faultless is this, to look after widows and orphans in their distress. You know what? I believe single parents are the modern-day widows. If you are a single parent, I am so glad you are part of this church family and we are privileged to come alongside of you and your children to widen the circle of your spiritual family. That's what the power of Orange is all about. It's about widening the circle of spiritual influence in your child's life. See, beyond these 3,000 hours that you have, or even just the 40 hours at church, there is an exponential impact in a child's life. Because parents, you can't do this on your own. Even if you have like two parents who are both on the same page, you got to widen the circle. You know why? Because I guarantee there will come a moment when you and your children both need another adult's voice in their lives besides your own. This is especially critical in the teenage years during middle school or high school. Remember last week I showed you the four stages of parenting? We kind of walked through this and we laughed a little bit because you got the discipline and the training, but it's in these years, the 12 through 18 years, right? That's where parents freak out a little bit. Because everything's changing. Suddenly, sweet, your sweet little cherub, oh, she's so cute, starts having an attitude, right? He starts noticing the opposite sex. They start having their own opinions about what clothes to wear, what to wear, what to watch. And guess what, parents? Here's what happens. After this stage, right around here, your voice naturally diminishes as your child's independence grows. Those of you know it with middle school or high schoolers know this. When your kid becomes 14, 15, 16, what influence, what voice becomes loudest in their life? What is it? It's their friends, right? Their peers, peer pressure, right? And it starts mattering less and less in their mind 
what mom and dad have to say because they're like, hey, you had your say, the discipline, the training. Okay, now it's time. You got you to coach. And what they need at that moment, listen to this. Most parents are like, I see my influence waning. And they say, I better turn up the volume. You better, you can hang out with your friends. That's what most parents do. But you know what kids need? When you're 15 years old, you don't need your parents to get louder and you don't need more friends to follow. That's the blind leading the blind. You need a third influence, the generation above you, a godly role model in their 20s to look up to, somebody who's committed to Christ on fire for the Lord and is living with integrity that you say, man, I, I'd like to be that. I, I, I can see, I, I be, that person speaks into me. And this is what it means to widen the circle. You need people in your family, extended spiritual family, to echo your faith and values at home. That's widening the circle. And it's profound, the impact. Let me tell you how it worked in my life. When I was young, about 14 years old, there was another adult in my life besides my parents who gave me, really impacted me in a positive way. His name was Stu. And Stu was a leader with a youth group at our church. And I thought Stu was the coolest guy ever, primarily for one reason. He had feathered hair. He had like that long feathered hair and he wore a cat diesel power hat, you know. And Stu loved the Lord and Stu loved to give wedgies. And when you're a 14-year-old boy, that's a pretty cool combo right there. And so when I was 14, I was, you know, my friends and I were starting to get interested in girls and stuff and like talking like, how do you ask a girl out and all that? And I never talked to my parents ever about that sort of thing. I could talk with my parents about a lot of stuff, but not that, not unusual, right, for adolescents. So Stu took me and about eight other boys on a camping trip in his VW van. You guys remember the VW van? It kind of has the little windows with like curtains on it. We all pile into it, like no seat belts. That guy would get thrown in jail today. And he drives us all the way to upstate New York. I remember stopping, I think, at the Platte Hill Service Center. And Ricky was kind of out of hand. And Stu gave Ricky a wedgie. And he like hung him on the flagpole. And we were like, Stu is God. He's amazing. That's, a, that's so cool. And so we got there to the campground. Stu, again, he was, you know, if we were 14, he was probably like 23, 24, 10 years older maybe, if that. And we got there, and we set up our tents, and we made hobo dinners, and we had s'mores and all of that. And he said, hey, guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about some mistakes I've made, because I know you guys, you know, look up to me, but I, I don't have a perfect life. And he started telling us about how in high school, there was this one girl who really pressured him to be kind of, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. He really didn't want to and everything, and it, he was pressured into it, and he made a bad choice. It kind of went off the rails. He just said, I just want you guys to know what a negative impact. I'm just starting to get over that and encourage you guys. What do you think? And 14-year-old boys are like, nothing. We don't think anything. We didn't even hear. I'm not actually here right now. You know, <laughs> we said it that way. But then all of a sudden it opens this conversation. He goes, oh, come on guys. He's like, who are you? Come on. Tell me who you're sweet on. And we're like, we're not sweet on anybody. We sweat them. And, um, and then now of course it's like, you know, hookups. It just changes. Right. And so we start talking about this and everything, the whole rest of it. And we're, we're talking about this. And he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, there may come a moment where you're going to start noticing girls. I don't, do not feel pressured. If I could give you one piece of advice, that God has a plan for your life and you have your whole life ahead of you and don't let something short-term pressure you to make a bad decision that affects you for the, for, for the rest of your life. You know, and you hear that and you're 14, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Fast forward three years later. It's my senior year. I'm 17 years old now, three years from that. And it comes time for senior prom. And I went to a junior prom and senior, and I didn't like it so much because I was like, wow, there's not much prom going on. There's a lot of drinking before the prom. And then after the prom, there's a lot of let's go down the shore and rent a hotel room and drink more and hook up and stuff. And I was like, that, 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 I don't see my life going in that direction. Um, but honestly, my senior year, there was a girl who pressured me because all, everyone else on the baseball team was going. 
And it was like, Tim, you got to go with her. My friends were like, you got to go with her. And she was like, come on, you got to go with me. And she was like, I'll pay. And I was like, really? And I said, you know, the pressure was on. And I actually ended up my senior year, all that pressure said, no, I'm not actually going to go. And I didn't go to my senior prom. I didn't rent the limo and end up going down to a hotel and hooking up and all the drinking, that kind of stuff. And you know what? My parents were like, they, they didn't know all this going on in the background. They're just like, how come you don't want to go to prom? <laughs> I'm like, I, I just, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't. I never actually really talked with them about it. And I've never said this before publicly. I credit Stu with that decision. I credit a conversation I had three years earlier with who? An adult outside of my family, outside of actually the church, who had an orange impact on my life. That's the power of orange. Parents, when you widen the circle of influence and get the trusted voice of somebody who's a little bit older than your son or daughter to speak into them, somebody who echoes your values, is committed to Christ, and can actually spread the truth of God at strategic moments in their development, it can change their life. And so now today, Colleen and I, we recognize this, and that's what we want for our kids, especially our daughter, Chase, because she's, as I said, just entering middle school. And this is a picture of her and one of her friends named Veronica. Veronica's a little bit older than Chase, as you can see. She's an amazing 20-something young lady who actually serves here at Liquid, is committed to Christ, living with integrity, not a perfect life, but she and my daughter have struck up a friendship because Chase comes with me to the first service, and she serves in the nursery. She met Veronica, who serves with kids and our students. And Veronica's, like, taking an interest in Chase, and Chase is just like, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever met. She's just like, she looks like Taylor Swift. I think she's Taylor Swift's sister. And I was like, that's awesome, and, and she's an incredible young woman. And so Colleen and I love that about our church. And so we have encouraged that. We're like, yeah, get to know Veronica, get to know Jessica, get to know Kelly. We actually had a number of young women in their 20s over our house uh, for dinner this past Wednesday. They're like, thanks so much for that. I was like, it is very, I have an agenda. I want to connect, I want to pour in to the next generation so they can pour into the next generation, you see? That's the vision of Orange. Moses is like, one reaches forward, one reaches back. And Colleen and I love this about our church because we see the value of young women like Veronica, young men who they love God. And I'm speaking to you now, if you're in your 20s or 30s or you're, you're a single person, you, you may be just a generation ahead, but you have a voice. Veronica has a voice with my daughter that I don't have, and I celebrate that. And Chase feels comfortable talking to her about all sorts of stuff, including some of the things maybe dad doesn't handle so well in a car ride home, right? <laughs> I talked to you about that last week. Colleen, I celebrate it. We're like one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids in their middle school and high school years is to give them orange mentors, young men and women who can echo the faith and values that we've been pouring into them for the first 12 years of their life. But right now, we're intentionally widening that circle so that Chase and Dell won't just get shaped by red or just get sick of yellow, but have the power of orange to catapult them into emerging adulthood. So can I talk to you right now if you are a single adult or maybe you're in your 20s or 30s? I talk to a lot of 20s or 30s folks who when a series like this comes around, like on marriage or like on parenting, they say, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to come to this series. I'm just going to stay home and read Lamentations. You let me know when that is over, you know. <laughs> You have a vital role to play in this church. I value you, not just as a pastor, but as a father, because I believe our kids have no greater role model than you, than a young man or woman who's a generation above that is actually trying to live with integrity 
and model faith for them in a healthy way. So I understand you may be like battling temptation and struggling to stay poor, but know this, if you don't do it for yourself, know our kids are watching you. Do it for them. See, my kids, we tell them where we stand, but they're watching where you walk. Psalm 145 says this, one generation commends your works to another. Commends here means not just recommend, but to prove it, that this is true. And so you are critical to Liquid Church. Do not waste your season as a single adult because God can use you in a profound way to impact the next generation for Christ if you'll let him. Amen? That's what James and Tanya are doing in Nutley. I want to give you an illustration of how this works. So we sent a camera crew on Tuesday night to Nutley to record one of our high school small groups in action. Take a look at this. Um, the best part for me about being a small group leader is to want to see all their different personalities. I, I love that. Um, but to be able to speak into their lives, which is something that influenced me as a young kid, people speaking into my life. So now I'm just happy I, I have the same opportunity. If you love to impart into young kids and to actually see the fruits of that, this is where you'd want to be. Um, these kids give to you and they love on you just like you do to them. Um, but they're young adults, so you get to see all the different personalities and things come out when they talk to you. It's, it's really awesome. My small group leaders, they're a bunch of cool guys, yeah. you know. They're, they're honest, they, like, they want to help you out. Like, if you need somebody to talk to, they're always there for you. I, I like coming to life group because it's, it's a bunch of like, kids my age, like in high school. And, you know, we, we could talk, talk about our problems. We don't have to worry about getting judged because we're all friends. And, you know, I know that they're always going to be there for me if I need help or anything. I like coming to Life Group because it's just really fun and you know we get pizza and time to hang out. We made a lot of new friends here and we also talk about God and I like being around other kids my age. Definitely come. It's really changed my life and it's just a fun time to hang out and they should definitely check it out. I serve as a small group leader because growing up I had a ton of small group leaders in my life. Having someone pour into me, into my life and Someone that paid attention to me that wasn't necessarily my parents um, just helped me become the person that I am today. The best part about being a small group leader is just the emotional roller coaster that it takes you on from the fun, crazy times that we have together to the very serious times that we um, just have together studying the Bible, talking about real life problems that are going on in these kids' lives. I would say to someone considering being a small group leader that they should definitely do it. Uh, it has been the best and hardest time of my life just hearing the struggles that some of my girls are going through and being that person that they go to to ask for help and stuff has really stretched me in ways that I didn't know that I was going to be stretched through this. Um, but it's also grown me as a person and it's just made me realize that um, it is important to be a constant in these kids' lives. Hey, can we hear it for our middle and high school small group leaders at every campus? I thank God for you. Truly, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the investment that you are making in the lives of our sons and daughters, okay? This is personal. And guys, parents, I want to let you know, this is the huge blessing of raising kids in a young church like Liquid. Because we're a younger church, we have a larger population 
of 20 and 30-somethings who are willing to add that orange influence into your child's life. We actually train our leaders to organize into small groups early on so that your kids not just have a circle of friends but have another trusted voice to echo what you're teaching them at home. So parents, here's what I want to ask you, a simple request this morning. I want to ask you for the new year, would you commit to attending the same service every Sunday so that your child can have the same small group leader every week? We, that consistency is critical. Kids today, they're just used to adults coming in and out of their lives, and we want to give your child the gift of consistency in 2014. So you can help by coming to the same service so that they can deepen their relationship with their small group leader. First off, do you know who their small group leader is? You know, introduce yourself. Find out who that is. Ask them, say, hey, who are your friends, you know, in small group? What happened in small group? They're going to say, nothing. I get that. But say, what would you talk about, you know, and who's your small group leader? And you know what? Encourage that relationship. Have that leader over for lunch. Let them go out to ice cream, you know, with your kids. Widen the circle, parents. Intentionally invite, like Colleen and I are doing, others to invest in the lives of your children. Because every boy and girl in this church needs other adults in their lives who will echo God's truth and the values of their parents. That's the power of orange. So challenge for you, mom and dad. I'm going to ask you, what are you doing specifically to encourage your child's relationship with people outside your home, specifically at this church? Because it's critical. In today's culture, the role models for young people today are completely toxic, right? I mean, like from Kanye to the Kardashians, you got to be intentional about finding spiritual mentors a generation above to speak into your kids, because research bears this out. Listen to this. Teens who had at least one adult in their church make a significant investment in him or her. They were twice as likely, 46% to 28%, to stick with their faith through college and beyond. So orange is just a reminder that, you know what? Home is not enough. You have to widen the circle and tap into the orange influence of others at church because your child needs a place besides the home to call home. They need to know someone else believes in them besides you. And that's why we're encouraging churches and partners to partner together. Because here's the deal. You can't do it by yourself. If you have the power of orange to raise your kids, this is what we want to provide your family in 2014. Let me give you a sneak peek of where we're going. Every year around Christmas time, we give you a sneak peek into what we're investing in for the year to come. And we did that today. We call this our Christmas offering. In this year, 2013, we put a brochure in your program. Would you pull that out? If you didn't get one, just raise your hand and our ushers will pass one to you. But I wanted to introduce this and let you see the four key areas we're investing in for 2014 in this church. I won't go through this entire thing. This is for you to take home, look at it, read it at your leisure today, look at it as a family. But you'll see the first thing we're investing in for the new year is campus expansion. It says, since our miracle at Mountainside, our newest campus has experienced unprecedented growth. We're nearing 1,000 people in weekly attendance. Um, this fall, we had our first middle school lock-in. We had a hun- over 100 middle schoolers, and we had to, like, fumigate the facility, okay, afterwards. We had six prayer and worship nights, over 1,000 people. We had a fall festival for families and children with special needs. We had our, our high school outreach. And so a portion of this year's Christmas offering is going to help offset the costs of the $1.5 million renovation of our new ministry center because we see it as the center of family ministries. 
But take a look at the other things. You'll see the second thing is the relief bus. This is kind of cool. We're going to be serving families. We are actually going to be serving meals and food through all 2014 to the homeless population in Newark. More about that later. But look at the main one, student ministries. This is staggering. Watch this. It says, in 2013, our population of children and students at Liquid exploded by a 30% growth rate. 30%. Let me help you understand that. Last Sunday across campuses, we had 577 kids at Liquid. The average church in North America has 183 people total. We had 577 kids. The next generation is here, and it's exploding. And so we want to invest in our middle school and high school ministries as never before in 2014. Here's what we're going to do for them. The first thing, when people who are new to our church, they say, do you have a youth group? The answer is, yes, we have a youth group. And in 2014, our high school youth group is going to meet on Sunday nights at our Mountainside campus. This is going to be a campus-wide experience from teens from all over campuses to come together for their own service, kind of worship in their own musical style, practical teaching, small group, and social time. That'll be at Mountainside on Sundays in addition to their other small groups during the week. So parents, we're going to send you the dates, the times, and the new year, but encourage your teen to attend with their friends. And the second thing we're going to do at Mountainside is we're going to host Liquid Kids Live once every quarter. This is a special service we piloted involving music and dance and drama, and the idea is that kids bring their parents to church. It's a campus-wide experience where we introduce to you parents what the monthly virtue is that we're teaching your kids so you can echo that in your home. And this is a chance for families to meet other families from other campuses. So it's very strategic and social. It's going to be a lot of fun. So understand that the... 2013 Christmas offering is really an investment in the future of our church. And it's personal because these are our families that we're talking about. We are asking God to provide $500,000 by December 31st to accomplish all that God is calling our church to next year. So here's a challenge. What will your family give this December to invest in the future of this church family? This is an above and beyond kind of offering that you might regularly, like our family, we regularly give our tithe, our offering every Sunday. We contribute every Sunday. But this is a generous church. If you're new, you need to know that 10% of everything we have, we send right back out into the community to serve people who can't pay us back. That's how we're having the money to sponsor the relief bus for an entire year of meals and food and resources for homeless people in New Jersey. But what I want to challenge you is this. Every year, Colleen and I use this as a teaching tool with our kids. We actually go out to the Nautilus Diner, and we sit down, and we take out this program, and we talk about what God's doing in our church family, what he wants to do to help people who don't have anything. And we discuss what could we give up as a family this Christmas so we can be part of what the Holy Spirit's doing. We want, it, we want our kids to be generous. We actually want them to think about that. They each give up a toy. At first, it was like a battle. We don't force it. But now our kids are like, what are we doing this year for the Christmas offering? So this is a teaching opportunity, parents. You want to train your kids to put their treasure where, that's where their heart will be. And so we're taking these four big missions in 2014. You'll see student ministries, relief bus. You'll also see leadership development, 20s and 30-somethings. We made a decision for next year. We, as you invest in our kids, we want to invest in you. And so I'm pleased to announce that in 2014, we are going to be hosting the Willow Creek Leadership Summit at Liquid Church, free of charge for those of you who are mentors and leaders in the next generation. 
It is the premier kind of global training. It's world caliber teachers and really how we're going to take the next level of training up the next generation so they can lead the next generation. My prayer is that you will give generously this year. We have put a special Christmas envelope in your program today with Christmas offering 2013 on the front. You can mail that in or you could give online at liquidchurch.com. But all Christmas gifts need to be postmarked before December 31st to receive a tax credit by year's end. Dave Brooks wanted me to mention that, our executive pastor. So you, I do, I'm just saying, start thinking about it. Would you start praying about it? Would you listen, families, talk to your kids about it? And let's give generously because our future depends on it. I want to close by telling you the impact of your generosity this year in the life of one 15-year-old girl named Melissa Garcia. Melissa's super cool. And her mom said, coming to Liquid changed my daughter's life. Previously, she was kind of shy and reserved, unsure of herself. And I was like, well, that describes pretty much every 15-year-old. But since her high school small group, she noticed her daughter growing more confident in who she is and what it means to actually have a relationship with Christ, not just religion. And, and Melissa's um, small group leader is named Jessica, Jessica Chung. And what's so cool about Jessica, she's like, well, yeah, we have an hour on Sunday. But what's cool is I actually go to Melissa's home, and we go out for pizza, and we talk, and I pray for her, and I tell her, God has a plan for your life. Jesus Christ has given you a destiny. It's not with boys or college. It is with God. And what's incredible is three weeks ago, Melissa made the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in Morristown. And her life group was here, and her leaders were here, and she decided to go public with her decision to follow Christ. I want you to listen. What a fifth? Yeah, give her a hand. That's amazing. And now listen to this. Listen to this. A 15-year-old is going to preach to you. Listen to Melissa's words. She said, in high school, you know nothing about your friends religion-wise. You don't ask and you don't tell. But now, I'm not afraid to talk about my faith with friends. I don't fear being judged. I've invited friends to church and now love talking to them about God. Liquid has changed my life. Guys, that's the power of orange. I, I don't know where Melissa's going to go to college. I don't know who she'll marry. I don't know what kind of job she'll have, but I know in a hundred years where Melissa will be. She will be in the family of God forever because of the investment that some of you made. I get emotional about this because that's the family that goes forever, the family of God. And there's one way into it, and that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to marshal all of our resources and all of our money and all of our muscle, and we're going to do it in this generation. It's going to be different. This is very personal. I grew up in the church. I didn't have someone to speak in my life except for Stu. And I made some boneheaded decisions. And maybe you did too. And maybe you're like, man, I wish I had that. What would have happened if I had a Veronica? Or if I had a Jessica? Or a Jimmy or a Tommy or a Charlie? Investing in me. Man, by God, that's what we're going to do. I want that for your children. I want that for your children's children in this church. Amen. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Thank you. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for adopting us into your family, and I thank you for Melissa, Lord, my sister in Christ. I thank you for Jessica. I thank you for Veronica. I thank you for Jimmy. I thank you for the dozens and dozens of leaders in their 20s and 30s who are pouring in to our children, my son, my daughter. And God, by your grace, would you now pour out your Holy Spirit in their life? Let them live lives of integrity. If not for them, then for the next generation. God, would you raise up people now who are going to come forward and say, I'm going to spend time in 2014, invest in the needs of a child who has special needs. 
Lord, I pray for volunteers for our student ministry. I pray for people to give generously to this offering, God. You've given us a big vision, a big mission, a big task, and we thank you for it. But God, $500,000 is a lot of money. You have provided every year, Lord, faithfully. So do that now. We pray that all of this would go back to you and glory would go to Christ and all the churches and all God's people said together, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.